Hey everyone, welcome back to Around the Table, the podcast for redemption women from Tempe, Arizona. I'm Dina Rogers, and I'm at the table again today with Carrie, who you've met before, and our friend Erica. And I think you guys know each other um, better than I do, Erica. We've seen each other. We have. Right? But we haven't really had a conversation until today. So, yeah, how did you tell us how you guys met (laughs) and a little bit about yourself? Sure. So Carrie and I got introduced via Facebook about, oh, probably close to a year ago now. Just about, yeah. Yeah. And um, I was living in China at the time. So I lived in China for seven and a half years working with a Christian organization teaching English over there. I'll talk more about that later. Mm -hmm. Um, But so Carrie and her family decided to move back to the States and to move to Arizona. So a mutual friend who I had actually never met, but was part of this Facebook small group that I was in reached out to me and said, hey, you live in Arizona. Carrie's moving to Arizona. You guys should connect. Oh, cool. Um, So Carrie and I met up for Thai food, and Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about her except that she and her family (laughs) had lived in China. But I said, oh, have you guys found a church yet? She said, yeah, we are actually going to Redemption Tempe. I said, no way. That's where I go as well. So small world, and it's definitely been a blessing to connect with her. Yeah, and how long had you been back from China when you Um, met? I had been back just about two years at that point. Okay. So I spent seven and a half years over in China, and then God brought me back in the fall of 2017, just before, yeah, I met Carrie just before that. Very cool. Yeah, it's been a wonderful gift to have her, I think, because she's helped me kind of translate some of the American things. I think she works at ASU. One of the first times we met, I didn't know how to use the parking garage, and I ended Uh up having to get a ride from this guy in a golf cart because I didn't know (laughs) how to do the ticket things. It was a mess. So I told her, I said, can you please explain to me how to use a parking garage? And so she's been really gracious and kind and you know, translating some things for me. So. Yeah, and it's definitely such a gift to have somebody to share that China experience with too. Absolutely Super grateful for that. Yeah, really it's cool. been yeah, it's been really yeah. great. Nice. Well, we are going to talk about Jehovah Jireh. If you are following along in your journal, you may have already maybe last week um, discussed this with your ID group, or you may be in that week right now, and so. We just want to talk about that and then, yeah, have you share some experiences and how you've gotten to know God as Jehovah Jireh. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things I just wanted to start with um, is last week we talked about God as El Roy, the God who sees Mm -hmm. us. And one of the interesting things, if you are using Blue Letter Bible or looking at the the index in the back about some of the Hebrew root words, El Roy, the Roy part of mm-hmm. that, the God who sees, and Jaira both come from the same Hebrew word. They're both um, derived from the same root word, which is Ra, to see. Mm. And I was really interested. I talked to a friend of mine who knows Hebrew, and he explained to me that, yes, Roy is um, the one who sees, and Ra, where where it's translated in English, the one who provides for us, is the one who will see to it. Mm. Um, But they both are a result of God who actually sees us and sees our need. He's not just Mm. like the giver of everything we need. First, he sees us and he recognizes what we need. So I love that. And then Mm. the other thing that he taught me, and this was really cool, is that the mountain where Abraham and Isaac went up to make the sacrifice is called Mount Moriah. And Moriah is actually derived also from that root root word Ra and then Jehovah, Yah. Mm-hmm. 
So the Mount, Mount Moriah is actually um, the mountain where God sees or where he provides, um, which isn't that so cool. Yeah, awesome. I know. I love it. And, and it's, of course, if you did the study last week, it's the place where Jesus died, where he becomes the sacrifice for us. Right. So I, lo- I just love how it's all connected. Yeah. And, and how it all happened in, in sort of a similar space. Yeah. And I wonder, too, you know, because they would have, the story of Abraham and Isaac would have been a story passed down, you know, mm-hmm. to generations. Sure. And so how many people, when Jesus was walking earth, walking on the earth and going through his death and then resurrection, how many of them kind of had these little echoes of the Abraham and Isaac story, you know, that they maybe heard as children or that they knew and that this, the fact that all these things were connected, how it just would have made, it would have kind of zoomed out on the grand narrative Mm. and the grand story of scripture, I think. Yeah. And even as the days unfolded right to to be able to look back and say oh my goodness because i think on that on good friday i'm not sure they knew even though they had been told it seems like when john and some of the gospel writers talk about it they they talk about it and say we didn't understand it yet right right this is what happened and Mm -hmm. then we understood after the resurrection yeah all the pieces were put into place yeah really cool yeah it's really good yeah um, Erica, we invited you here today. Um, we wanted to hear a little bit about how God has been Jehovah Jireh to you. But before we jump into that, why don't you give us who you are, how you ended up maybe in this place and during this season? Yeah, thanks, Carrie. So as I said, I've been at Redemption about two and a half years now. And, um, you know, I mentioned how I spent some time in China, but it was like God had been preparing me for almost my whole life to Hmm. go to go overseas and um i've been blessed to see his provision through that but yeah currently i'm back i've been back two years have the privilege of working at asu now and getting to invest in students in another way whereas i taught english to college students over in china now i get to kind of serve in more of a support role at asu which is great yeah that's fantastic so this area is is home in one sense to you. This is your America home, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I know. And as anybody who's lived overseas or in other places can attest, we don't always have one home. And right. I think that goes right. back to the fact that as believers, we're not called to feel at home here mm-hmm. on this earth. But Arizona is one of my physical homes here yeah. on this earth. <laughs> my parents are here. My sister's here. Yeah. And then um, China is definitely home for me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Would you ever like to go back and visit? I have actually. You I have. went back in November and got to see a lot of friends and connect with people. And I hope to have the chance to go back again in the future, maybe yeah. once things have calmed down a bit over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. She, Erica was super kind. When she went in November, she lugged back three, I think two or three bottles of vinegar for me from uh, China. <laughs> yeah, Carrie said, get the red and yellow label vinegar. So I kept texting her picture, pictures. Is this the one? Is, is this, this the one? <laughs> so she just was, bring just bring all of them. It's fine. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know there was a difference. <laughs> There's aisles of vinegar, aren't there? Oh, yeah. In China. Yeah. yeah. There's aisles and aisles of them. So as we look at the name Jehovah Jireh, Erica, I wanted to talk to you about in your path, moving to China, I think family and friends could have different reactions. Mm -hmm. So what were some of the things that people maybe said to you, said about you? (laughs) What are some of the things that they said as you made an announcement that you're moving? Yeah, it's interesting because I think for a lot of people, 
making an announcement or saying I'm moving to China would get reactions like, are you crazy? What are you thinking? But for me, because God had been preparing me for Mm. so long to go overseas, not China specifically, but um, I mean, I look back over my life, even from the time when I was a kid, I had the opportunity to grow up with Christian parents who taught me about about Jesus. And um, I got exposure to kind of the concept of global missions and how God was at work around the world from the time that I was very, very young. And um, at a young age, God had been building in me a heart to share Christ with those who didn't yet know him. So even in my undergrad years, I went had, went to Bible school and got to study teaching English to speakers of other languages and then went on and, and did my master's in that as well, all with the long-term goal of going overseas and teaching English with the goal of building relationships with people to ultimately share Christ. So I actually don't think most of my close family and friends were surprised right, when the time right. finally came to go overseas. They probably were thinking, well, what took you so long? Because <laughs> it was a bit of a journey to get mm. to that spot. But, um, you know, there was this many, many years of preparation. But then from the time where, where God connected me to the organization that I ended up going with, mm-hmm until the time I actually moved overseas to China was only nine months. Wow. So it was very, very short. Um, But because he'd been preparing for so long, then that quick turnaround wasn't such a big deal. Right. And what all had to happen in that nine months? Did you have to like raise support and everything? I did, yes. And that was definitely a way where I saw God's provision as well because he provided in so many amazing ways. Um, one story in particular that comes to mind is there was this sweet older lady from the church that I was attending at the time. Mm -hmm. And I spoke a little bit about what I would be doing in China. And she came up to me afterwards. I'd never met her before, but she said, God laid it on my heart to give up my newspaper subscription so that every morning, instead of reading the newspaper, I will pray for you. And then I'll use the money that I would use for that to, wow. um, to support you. And I was just so humbled and blown away mm. by that because I, I don't deserve that. You know, that was just an example of God's provision and wow. graciousness to me. Wow. That's really cool. And did she continue to pray for you the whole time you she were there? She did. Yeah. She was one of my biggest prayer warriors and gave faithfully from the day that I left until the day that I came back. That's a great story. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, and such a reminder, I think, that when one person chooses to go, they're not going as an individual. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's totally a team effort. And, you know, it doesn't happen apart from prayer and apart from people giving sacrificially and encouraging and, um, you know, asking questions Mm -hmm. and just overall wanting to be a part of what God's doing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now, now you are currently at ASU mm-hmm. working, you're working ASU. Right. And I think that someone might go, well, of course it's easy to see Jehovah Jireh when you're out on the mission field, like to understand that name of God or un- see his provisions really clearly. And so now that you are here and you're working on campus, what are various ways that you feel like you've seen that expression of God's character as Jehovah Jireh in your workplace? Yeah, great question. I think, first of all, the very provision of a job at ASU Mm. was a big answer to prayer for me because I have a heart for international students. And of course, ASU has one of the largest populations of international students in the country. So just by being on campus every day, I get to walk around and I get to hear Mandarin spoken along with many, many other languages. Um, So that is, is 
very exciting and cool to see. And then just the opportunity to to be a light in what can often be a dark place on an American university mm-hmm. campus. Um, so to have the opportunity to see God's provision of relationships with coworkers, um, with friends on campus, and to get to live out my faith in a context that although it's not a formal ministry context, mm-hmm. um, he is gracious enough to use me um, to, to share his love with those around me. Yeah. Kind of all of life is all for Jesus, yes, right? exactly. Yeah. That sounds that. familiar. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really cool. I have a couple of questions. One, did yeah. you learn Mandarin when you were there? Like, I did. You... When I went, I didn't know any Chinese at all. And then the first couple of years that I was there, I learned survival Chinese, just what you need to get around, <laughs> how to tell a taxi driver where to take you and that kind of thing. And actually one funny story about that is that I was in a taxi once and Chinese people are so gracious. Anytime you use you say anything in Chinese, they'll compliment you. <laughs> so I, I told the driver the only thing I knew how to say, which was my address. And he responded which, with something that was completely incomprehensible. <laughs> so I used my other phrase, which was, I don't understand. <laughs> and then he laughed and laughed and laughed. And I went home thinking about what he said and trying to recall his words. And later I pieced it together and I realized he said, wow, your Chinese is really good. <laughs> and I said, I don't understand. <laughs> um, but yes, after I was nice there for fun. a couple of years, God led me to stay longer. And mm-hmm. um, then I did full-time language study for two years and had the opportunity to really dive into Chinese and get to um, to interact with it in a different way. Wow, which was that's great. cool. And do you ever use it now in your position at ASU? I do sometimes. I have a few Chinese coworkers who are really kind and they'll let me speak Chinese with them. And we do have a number of Chinese students mm-hmm. in the, the department I work at at ASU. So it's always fun to get to surprise them. And, <laughs> you know, I, I let them know at the beginning of the year I speak Chinese, but I think some of them forget. Yeah. So sometimes I'll just jump in on a conversation. I love seeing the look of shock on their face. <laughs> That's really fun. Yeah, it is really fun. And in your um, learning of Mandarin, how do you feel like your relationship with the people changed? It gave me the opportunity to to definitely go deeper mm-hmm. and then also to extend relationships with people that I wouldn't have had the chance to interact with before. In my job as a university English teacher, my students spoke English. My coworkers spoke English. Um, but I didn't have the chance as an English speaker to interact with my students' parents mm-hmm. or with the lady selling fruit on the street corner. Um, so learning Mandarin gave me the chance to build those relationships. And it, it's been cool to see even as I stayed on in China and even now, um, I got to to maintain relationships with, with parents of my old students that I didn't mm. have the chance to see before. So... Um, yeah, so that was a way that God showed his provision even through language. Right, yeah, that's, that's really, really good. Cool. And, and as you built those relationships, did you actually ever get to a point where you got to talk about Jesus with people there? Like, was that part of what you got to do? I know that it was kind of secretive, like, even in corresponding, it's not something that we are allowed to, like, email people about that live in China, but is it anything that you can... Right. I mean, so there, you know, there are some, there is the need to be cautious as well, but yes, absolutely. There was the opportunity to, um, to get to live out my faith through using Chinese. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm really, really thankful for that. And also to get to know Chinese believers in a way that I wouldn't have had the opportunity Uh, to before. Yeah. 
Very cool. Yeah. Is so this is maybe Dina for you as well, but is has there been a time, either Erica or Dina, that God has surprised you by his provision? Maybe you weren't expecting it. I know in the Abraham Isaac story, we we don't know for sure if Abraham understood how there was going to be a provision for him, right? There, so I don't know if he expected, a, mm-hmm. you know, an animal in the in the rambles. I think is right. how Scripture says it. I, you know, in Hebrews it talks about how potentially there would be a resurrection. So there's, who knows? So we have to think maybe there was a little bit of a surprise, you know, in this provision. So has there been a time that the Lord really surprised you? by his provision. One thing that I think of is the example of community Mm. and um, having in preparing to go overseas, you hear a lot of talk about, wow, team life is really hard because these are the people that you're living with. You're doing Bible study and church with you're serving with you're you know, working with, you see them all the time. It's really, really hard. And while that's true, it was also a huge blessing to me. So mm-hmm. God just blew me away with his provision of an amazing group of people to do life with. Mm-hmm. And that, that's been true here as well since coming back from China, um, connecting me with people like you, Carrie, who, who have similar experiences and we can share on a deeper mm-hmm. level. Um, and then in that too, while it's a huge blessing having that community and having those friendships, he's also reminded me that he is enough as well because mm-hmm. those those relationships may come and go right. you know we don't always have the opportunity to be with that group of people but um god is faithful yeah. through it all absolutely yeah i love that i was actually thinking of something so similar so it's funny that you said that but i th- think about three or three and a half years ago sitting around a table a conference room at the offices at church and thinking, is there a place for a women's Bible study? Hmm. And if there is, what would it look like and who could be a part of it? And certainly the women that I sat with around that table as we dreamt about it and prayed about it had no idea what would happen. Um, and we knew that it couldn't be done just by us. Yeah. It right. was going to take a lot, a lot bigger group of people and... Um, there was just so much we didn't know, but we knew that there was a, a dream that maybe it would be something that God could use. And when I look now at the provision of God, the people that he's brought, not even just that were attending redemption at that time, right? but like you coming from China or our friend Susie, who you heard a couple of weeks ago, who just moved here from Colorado and just people who have been Christians for a small amount of time mm-hmm. stepping up to say, I want to serve, I want to mm-hmm. use my gifts. And to see God's provision in the growth of Redemption Women, not necessarily even am I thinking about numbers, but the depth of relationships mm-hmm. that women have with Scripture and with God mm-hmm. has been so astounding, humbling, so amazing and only because we said yes to what we thought was a pull and God really provided in a way that we could not have done on our own yeah absolutely yeah I love that because it's even if we tried to kind of muster up 
some creative way that God would do this, we wouldn't have come up with right. this amount of creativity, you yeah. know? And so, yeah, I love that so as good. well. The Emily Freeman has written a book called The Next Right Thing. And this was a really influential book for, for me as we transitioned to America. But in the book, she says, today is a plot point. See it honestly for what it is, but don't confuse the moment for the whole story. And when I reread that quote this last week. Actually, can you read it again? For sure. Us? Yep. She says, today is a plot point. See it honestly for what it is. But don't confuse the moment for the whole story. Mm. And when I read that, I mean, Abraham and Isaac's story just popped off the pages because Abraham had to see that moment with Isaac and this whole idea of sacrificing his son, as far as Abraham understands, Mm -hmm. as a plot point in this bigger story that he was called to, to have all these descendants and to become this great nation that the Lord would carry and would bless and would protect and would guard. And, and it was a plot point, yeah. right? It's easy, easy, I'm sorry, it's even easy for us, I think, when we read it. To, it's so important for us to remember, it's a plot point. Yep. It wasn't, even though it's an amazing story in and of itself, it's so much bigger than that one event. Right, right. <clears throat> the, as I was walking over here, Dina mm-hmm. just lives a mile and a half from me. So I like to walk over here. And it, it's a real stark contrast. When I decide to drive, it's a three-minute drive. Mm-hmm. And I get here really quickly. You know, take a left, take a left, take a left, and I'm here. But when I walk, I walk mm-hmm. and I see the bird that's sitting on the bush. I see the little bit of spring showing itself mm-hmm. at the bottom of you know, a, a hedge that's blooming. And it's very clear to me that when I slow down and I walk, I see all of these things, mm-hmm. rather than just kind of the signpost of where I'm supposed to go. Yeah. And I think that's the big story, right? Is we have to slow down enough to be able to see the intricacies of why God is doing what he's doing and who is God in this Mm -hmm. Abraham and Isaac story so that we can understand who God is in the sacrifice of Christ, right? sure. Because it doesn't stop. It's not just about Abraham and Isaac. That's not the the bigger point, right? The bigger point is Jesus. Right, Mm -hmm. that Abraham would say, not just this is the mountain where God provided for me. Mm -hmm. Right. But this is the mountain in which it will be provided. Right. Jesus was crucified, was became our sacrifice, our substitute on that very mountain. Mm-hmm. The story was so much bigger. Right. Um, God didn't just see Abraham's need and provide. He sees our need mm-hmm. and has provided Jesus. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's so much the big story. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's really good. Really fun. That's really good. Well, thanks, you guys. It's been so fun. I'm sure we could go on talking for another 20 or right. 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's been great to meet you finally, Erica. Now that when we see each other, we'll be able to yes. have a little bit more Thank familiarity. Thank you. Thanks so much <laughs> yeah. for having me it here. Was this was fun. so fun. And Carrie, next week is 
Yahweh. Yahweh, yep. So we will be back again. I hope you guys are loving the study of the names of God. We are enjoying these conversations with you. We'll be back again next week as we gather around our podcast table and immerse ourselves in scripture to disciple one another towards Jesus. Mm -hmm.